Thanks for joining us on the Father's House Podcast, where we are leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus. Want to learn more about us? Check us out online at thefathershouse.com. We'd love to stay connected. Now, let's go to this week's message. Well, good morning. It's so good to see you, especially those of you that are first-time guests. We're so honored that you would come today, and everyone else who's regular, and we are just honored that you're here. If you haven't told you lately, I just want to tell you how much that I love you and how thankful I am that God allows us to journey together. I also want to say welcome to those of you that are on the online church with us today, uh, Tennessee, Ohio, uh, different areas. Man, we're just so glad you're with us. Father's House, would you give our online church a welcome right now. Well, if you have your Bible with you, let's hold it up and let's make this statement today. This is what we believe with our heart, all right? If you don't have your Bible, use your iPhone, your iPad, your brain, whatever you have. Okay, here it is. This is my Bible. It is the Word of God. It is life to me. Today, I receive the Word. I confess my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I am obedient. Name, amen. Father, we thank you. Thank you for your presence. Lord, we just already know that there's been some heart um, change today. We, We just know that you are working in people's lives. Now, Lord, as we approach your word, it's not something we do lightly because we know your word is what changes life. You are the word. And so I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would anoint me, help me to say what you want me to say, don't let me say things I shouldn't say, and we're just going to honor you today, Lord, with our our hearts as we worship you, in Jesus' name, amen. Well, I'm really enjoying this series, I didn't say that, Jesus, and today we're going to talk about karma is real. I don't think he said that. I was reading this week about a soldier fighting in Iraq. So uh, his girlfriend broke up with him, sent him a note and said, uh, please send back the picture that you gave him, you, that I gave you. I'm going to use it in my wedding announcement. I'm getting married. He was crushed. He told his platoon guys and they came up with an idea and they took all the pictures of their girlfriends and they put them in a box along with this girl's picture. And he sent it back to her and he said, I'm sending back your picture. So please remove your picture and rescind the rest. For the life of me, I can't remember which one you are. We love revenge, don't we? A trucker uh, was in a restaurant eating and biker gang came up. And they began intimidating the 18-wheeler driver. And uh, one of the bikers got over him and said, you're not very strong when you're not in your 18-wheeler, are you, big boy? And yelled at him and poured coffee all over the guy and all over his food. The guy got up very casually, walked and paid his bill and left. And the biker, smart and off to the waitress, said, wow, he's not very strong, is he? He's not much of a guy. He's a wimp after he gets out of his truck. She said, yeah, and I don't think he's much of a driver either. He just backed over six motorcycles on the way out. We love payback, don't we? And that great theologian, that great preacher, Carrie Underwood, said it great. Before he cheats, right? 
I dug my key into the side of his pretty little souped-up four-wheel drive, carved my name into his leather seat, took a Louisville slugger to both headlights. I slashed a hole in all four tires. Maybe next time he'll think before he cheats. All right? What a great verse of Scripture, right? I mean, we like stories like that. It just feels good, right? feels good that we think that somebody gets what's coming to them. It just feels right. It was uh, one of the Beatles, John Lennon, who sang the song, Instant Karma is going to get you. You know, what's, you know what's really confusing to me is Christians who talk about karma as though that's something that's real. You know, they say, well, karma is real. Karma's, karma's got them. What goes around comes around. And you know the, the big one that a lot of people say, it's here on the screen. I won't say it out loud, but karma is a, careful, it's not that, it's this one. Karma is a big, fat lie, all right? Give the Lord a hand clap. So, so this, I, knew this, I knew this crowd would identify with that, all right? We're in this series called I Didn't Say That by Jesus. And so we're looking at, you know, in the Bible, you look at the letters, the words in red in the New Testament, and they're the words of Jesus. So sometimes we want to know the words of Jesus, but sometimes we also need to look at what he didn't say, what he could have said, but what he didn't say, so we'll know what he said. So in this series, we're picking out some phrases that people have, and uh, it's words that Jesus didn't say. Like last week, we talked about this one. Jesus didn't say, YOLO. You only live once, right? He didn't say, you do you, boo-boo. Live any way you want, whatever makes you happy. Doesn't it scare you sometimes when you see the blatantness that people have that post on Facebook and TikTok and all the other things about just blatant disregard for what God says about how we're to live our life? Well, today we want to look at another thing that Jesus talked about in the area of payback, revenge, he didn't say karma is real. I think maybe we need a definition of what karma is. Karma is a force, supposedly a force, created by a person's actions that is believed in Hinduism and Buddhism to determine what the person's next life will be like. So how could we as a Christian use the word karma? Karma basically says you get what you deserve. So as I'm looking at that and I'm thinking with you, if Jesus didn't say karma is real, what did he say to us about paying back people who hurt us, people back, paying back people who wrong us? I mean, I'm sorry, but Jesus goes the, the, the different way. And here's what he says in Matthew 7 and 12. Would you read it out loud with me? Do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. I mean, don't be like Bishop Carey, you know, dig the key in there, give him what he deserves. But Jesus says, no, I want you to live different. I want you to live the same way you would like somebody to treat you. So what is the Lord saying to us today about this whole thing of revenge and unforgiveness and all of that? And I just want to give you a couple of points today. Number one, it's there in your notes if you'd like to take notes. Choose forgiveness, not payback. Would you say that with me? Choose forgiveness, not payback. I believe that forgiveness is the real F word. 
And people really don't want to talk about forgiveness. We don't want to. We believe it's in the Bible, but then when it comes down to us, it's a whole different thing, isn't it? But in the Lord's Prayer, how many of you love to pray? How many of you would like to be able to pray better? When Jesus taught about prayer, I'm, I'm with you on that one. When Jesus taught about prayer, this is what he said about prayer. This is like a PS, a postscript in prayer. He says, uh, in the prayer, he says, forgive us for doing wrong. We're supposed to pray that. As I forgive others. Forgive me as I forgive others. Forgiveness is giving up my right to get even. Uh, Let me say that again. Some of you might want to write that one down. Forgiveness is giving up my right to get even. even. Forgiveness is letting, letting it go, deciding not to retaliate, to quit ruminating on revenge. You know, Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 5, uh, verse 39, 38 and 39. Your ancestors have also been taught, take an eye in exchange for an eye. And a tooth in exchange for a tooth. However, he said, I know you've heard that, an eye for an eye, life for life. But he said, however, let me tell you what it's like in the new kingdom. I say, don't repay an evil act with another evil act. It was Gandhi who said, if we live for an eye for an eye, we'll leave the whole world blind. Right? And Jesus said in Matthew 6, 14 and 15, Read it with me, will you? If you forgive others for the wrongs they do to you, your Father in heaven will forgive you. You see, you don't forgive them for their sake. You forgive them for your sake. That's what he's saying here. I love this quote by C.S. Lewis, and he says, Everyone says forgiveness is a lovely idea until they have something to forgive. Right? We can tell people, well, you just need to forgive that. And it sounds so easy, right? Until something of equal happens to us or something worse. And then we look at that and we think, wow. The subject of forgiving creates a lot of emotion. When I started on this teaching today, many of you had some emotional reactions because I, I know what it's like because I've counseled people, I've read emails, I've read texts, I've seen those things that we say. Then when we start talking about forgiving people for the wrongs they do to us, then I know that many of us today have these emotional thoughts that come into our mind. Let me, let me mind read just a little bit because I know some of you have thought some of these. But Terry, you don't know what they did to me. But Terry, they lied about me over and over. They said they would destroy my career, and they, and they did. Look, they've never apologized, and they're still talking bad about me. Terry, you just can't imagine the hell that I've been through. If you knew what they've done to my family, you would be angry also. They deserve to suffer like they've made me suffer. They got me drunk, had sex against my will. I hope they get what's coming to them. I'm going to make them pay. Then somebody says, you know, the person who hurt me that I need to forgive is not even around anymore, is not even live. And then there are those of you today in here or online that says, you know what? I was sexually abused. How 
can I forgive the person that did that to me? And I know a lot of us have said this. I will forgive them for everything, but not this. Let me just pause. Time out. Let me just say this so that you hear it clearly today. I acknowledge that you've been through pain. I acknowledge that the hurt that you've experienced is real. I can see it as many of you are wiping tears and as some of you are gulping very deeply. I know, I know, so I acknowledge that. I don't take anything away from that. I, I can't pull anything away from that because I know you've been hurt very, very deeply. And I know you want to forgive. Sometimes people, when they say, I can't forgive, I, I, you just don't, I think that because they don't understand what forgiveness is. I wonder if sometimes it's not easier to describe what forgiveness is not. So let me give you a bunch of things that forgiveness is not. I'm going to go through these rapidly, so you might want to do a screenshot of some of these. Forgiveness does not mean that you approve of what someone did. It does not mean pretending that the evil never took place. It does not mean that you overlook the abuse. It does not mean denying that others tried to hurt you repeatedly. It doesn't mean letting others walk all over you. It doesn't mean refusing to press charges when a crime has been committed. It doesn't mean forgetting the wrong that was done. I don't know where people get this, forgive and forget. If you've got a deep enough scar, it might heal and it might not be painful, but you remember there's nowhere in the Bible where it says you must forgive and then you forget. We are forgiving, but some things you just don't forget. It doesn't mean pretending that you were never hurt. It doesn't mean that you must restore the relationship back to what it was before. It doesn't mean that you trust the person now. Oh, look, you do me wrong, you earn trust. I don't give you trust. You earn trust. It doesn't mean that you must tell the person that you've forgiven them. And it doesn't mean that all the negative consequences of their sins are canceled. And it doesn't mean that you forget what was done. One of my favorite quotes, Andy Stanley. I dare you to read this and not tear up if your sins have been forgiven you by Jesus. In fact, would you read it with me? In the shadow of my hurt, forgiveness feels like a decision to reward my enemy. But in the shadow of the cross, forgiveness is merely a gift from one undeserving soul to another. If you know that's true in your life, would you give the Lord a hand clap and say, thank you, Jesus. And I know some of you are just coming back to church now because you've been offended by someone who was a Christian. We all have, right? And you've turned off of church, you've turned off of Jesus, and just now you're sort of coming back. And now today I'm talking about this. Listen, I'm weary of people who have a high JPM. You ever met Christians that have a high JPM? Jesus per minute. I mean, when you talk to them, it's like, oh, Jesus is so wonderful. The sky is so blue. God is here. Can't you feel him? Life is wonderful. It's great. And I'm saying, ease up a little bit, okay? Come down 
come real. I just feel like that people that have a high JPM are covering up things in their own life, and they don't want you to see it. You say, well, you're a little, you're a little dwarfed on that, aren't you? Yeah, maybe I am. But I also know that there are a lot of people who talk, 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 but they don't live it in here. I know that maybe a Christian has hurt you. I know that maybe a church has hurt you. But that person, that church is not representative of Jesus. Jesus loves you. He loves you. He forgives you. And he wants you to experience that peace today. Listen, we can't change what we've experienced. But we can choose how the experience changes us. I wish I could say, presto change, oh. The hurt that some of you, I, I feel it this morning. I, I can, there's sometimes when I'm teaching or preaching and, and I can just sense, sometimes it's like everything goes dark and there's like a bright light that shines on people and, and I don't know how to explain it other than the Lord is simply telling me, this is the person that you're speaking to now. But then there are also times when I'm teaching like I am now and I feel your hurt. I feel that pain. Because I know many of you right now, you put on that face like everything is right, but you know on the inside, you just, you can't, you can't understand why you've gone through what you've gone through. And I wish I could say it never happened. But here's what I do know, that if we react in the right way, we can take that experience that was meant to destroy us and we can turn it around and use it for something that God can use in a glorious way. If you believe that today, say amen, amen. Number two, here it is, the second point, relinquish, give up your right to get even. Number one, choose forgiveness, not payback. And number two, relinquish your right to get even. Boy, we like to get even, don't we? Oh, I like to get even. Let me say it like that. The flesh part of me. Now, the spiritual part of me says, wrong, wrong, wrong. But the flesh part of me says, but it feels so good. <laughs> Romans 12 and 19. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. Amen. I don't know about you, but there are times I want to join the Avengers Club. <laughs> but listen to me today. Our God is not a do-nothing God. He is a God of justice. He's seen what you've been through. He's seen the person who did you wrong. He's seen the lonely nights. He's seen the box of Kleenex that you've gone through by weeping. And he says in Hebrews 10 and 30, I will repay what is owed you. I will repay. Listen, he will make up. If we react in the right way with a loving heart of forgiveness and treat people the way Jesus wants us to treat and give up our right to, for revenge, he will make up for the wrongs done to you. I'm telling you, he keeps accurate records. The enemy has done what he has to try to destroy you, but God's going to use it to increase you. He's going to open doors. He's going to bring a new level of joy. He's going to bring fulfillment. You wouldn't see it if you did the payback in your own hands, but if you, if you forgive and walk in forgiveness, you're going to watch God the Father pay back wrongs that have happened in your life. 
I know what it's like. The first wife I had married, very, not young, but 25, she thought ministry only happened on Sundays. That ministry wasn't something you did all the time. And after about 12 or so years, she said, I don't love you. I never loved you. I married you to get out of town. And uh, I'm leaving, and I'm taking the two girls. You're a good man. I hate that phrase. People say, you're a good man. It always brings flashbacks back to me. It's like, you're a good man, but I don't love you. So she walked out. She took my two daughters. I worked nine months at trying to pull back the marriage. She said to me, well, the girls are miserable, but I want you to know I don't love you, but I'm going to come back because the girls are just miserable. So for the next four years, I tried my best to see that marriage put back together because I believe God hates divorce. Put her through school, nursing school. Uh, would go to hug her, to kiss her, and she would turn her cheek, and it was like many times I hugged a telephone pole. So I know what you're talking about. But the Lord spoke to me because when she left the first time, I lost my job. I was working for a denomination, and they said to me, I'm sorry, you haven't done anything wrong, but because you don't have a good marriage, we're going to have to let you go. After traveling in 75 nations, ministering in that denomination for 15 years, the day I moved out of my office, I boxed up all my books and carried them out myself. On that day, I didn't have one person who, people who'd been dear friends of mine, say to me, wow, I'm so sorry, whatever. I carried all my stuff to the car by myself, and I sat in the car and cried. I said, I don't understand. I've given 15 years, traveled in 75 nations, places that nobody else would want to go. Lived without electricity, lived without the, the, the things that everybody would enjoy. And not one person says anything today. And the Lord spoke to my heart. And he said this, if you never allow bitterness or unforgiveness in your heart, I will restore everything that the enemy has taken in greater quality, quantity, and kind. So I said, okay, I'm going to forgive. Forgive her, forgive the denomination, and I'm going to move on. After four years, after getting her RN degree, she left again. I did everything I could short of killing her. I could have killed her, gone to prison, wrote a book about forgiveness and restoration, and made it back, right? Flesh. But I continued to forgive. Even when it cost me everything I had, money and everything. Because I trusted God that he said, I will pay you back. And I'm so thankful today as I stand here and I've got to say to you that my ex-wife, we have a good relationship. She's friends with my wife. She actually comes to our house sometimes at Christmas because of our grandbabies and the daughters. I can't promise you that'll happen to everybody, but it happened to me. I can pick up the phone and talk to her and there's no anger in my heart. And besides that, have you seen my wife? 
So I'm not preaching something to you that didn't cost me. I'm just thankful that the Father is saying for some of you today, payback is coming. You see, one touch of his favor can change everything. He knows how to move wrong people out of your way. Listen, they may be stopping you right now, but they're not going to stop you forever. Nobody can pay you back like God can pay you back. Let me say that again. Nobody can pay you back like God can pay you back. Remember the Israelites in the Old Testament? They had been enslaved for 430 years, mistreated, forced to work long hours, high quotas, impossible to make. And I mean, they could have been born and said, hey, you know what? This is just bad luck. It's just karma. We're living like this. But there came a time when God said, enough is enough. It's payback time. He can turn things around in just a moment that's happened in all of your life. Look at this verse, Exodus 3, 7 and 8. Then the Lord said, I've seen the troubles of my people have suffered in Egypt. I've heard the cries when the Egyptians hurt them. I know their pain. Now look at this. Now I will come down and save my people from the Egyptians. Listen. I'm telling you today, that's a word from the Lord. Some of you have been in a situation a long time, and you think, when does this ever turn around? When is God going to ever make this wrong right? I'm here to tell you this morning, I'm hearing in my spirit that God is saying, I'm coming down to do something about it, because your heart has been right with Him. Listen, you were not created to go through life lonely. That person who left you, Maybe they told you they didn't want you. You're not smart. You're not pretty. Don't believe those lies. You're God's masterpiece. He moved that person out of the way so that he can bring somebody else in your life that recognizes and celebrates you for who you are. And you'll say one day, thank you, God. I never dreamed that life could be this way. God wants to pay you back. Some of you are closer than you think. Listen to me. For some of you, it's going to be generational payback. For some of you, your parents and your grandparents respected God, loved God, forgave, submitted, and they were done wrong. They never received the houses they should have had. They never received the promotions. They never received favor. They never saw justice in their lifetime for how they were treated. But I'm telling you, in your life, you're going to see generational payback. You're going to have houses that you didn't build. You're going to have money that you don't know where it came from. Why? Because God is a God of payback that sees everything that's been done wrong in your life. Moses goes to Pharaoh, let God's people go. Pharaoh said, no, I'm not going to let them. And God sent some plagues. He changed his mind, and two million people were excited. They were ready to sing and dance and leave, man. But God says, nope, I'm not just going to let you leave. I'm a payback God. Listen to this, verses 21 through 22. And I will cause the Egyptians to be kind to the Israelites. They will ask, give me gifts for your people when they leave Egypt. The Hebrew women will ask their Egyptian neighbors and the Egyptian women living in their houses for gifts. And the Egyptian women will give them gifts, silver, gold, fine clothing. Then you'll put all those gifts on your children. In this way, 
you'll take away the wealth of the Egyptians. God is saying, I'm a payback, God. I'm going to see to it that you're loaded down with gifts. You're not going to leave empty-handed. You're going to ask the Egyptians for gold, silver, clothing, because I'm going to pay back the injustices that have been done to you. 430 years of injustice, but God is a payback. Can you watch that little Israelite woman take a gold necklace and put it around her little 12-year-old daughter? Her daughter's never even seen gold in her life. And that little girl walks away that day with a gold necklace. Can you see people having more clothes than they know what to do with? Walking away, why? Because God is a God of payback. And he said, I will do what, what nobody else can do for your life. You're in an unfair situation, right, with illness, loss. You don't understand why people did you the way they did you. Don't worry. God sees it, and you're not going to leave empty-handed. Here's the difference between karma and Christ. Karma says you get what you deserve. You slipped and fell, and now there's a price to pay. But Jesus says this. Yep, you got what you deserve. You've messed your life up, and you deserve that. But then he goes on to say, but let me pay the price. You can't do it on your own. Let me help you. I know today that many of you have been offended, but also many of us have offended other people. And we need to ask forgiveness of that. We're going to pray in just a minute. Because some of you came in today and through this teaching you realize, you know, I'm holding a grudge in my heart. We're going to pray today. Maybe, uh, maybe you're a 13-year-old girl inside of a 63-year-old woman's body. And you have to say, Lord, help me to forgive them for the sexual abuse that they did to me as a child. Or maybe you're a 7-year-old boy and a 45-year-old man. You have to say today, Lord, forgive them for not being there when I needed them. Forgive them for saying, I never wanted you. Forgive them. I'm going to pray with you today to do that. But maybe you say, but Terry, honestly, I'm not ready to forgive them. I will pray today and ask the Lord to give me an understanding of how to do that. But I really can't forgive them today. And I want you to hear, that's okay. Because true forgiveness is a process. And there's some next steps for you to take. Let me, let me give you a couple of ideas, a couple of things. This is a great book. I've read a lot of books on forgiveness, but this is one of the best one I've read. Lisa Turkhurst, Forgiving What You Can't Forget. I've read it just in a couple of days. It was so good. So good. Also comes along with a <clears throat> workbook that you can work along with. So good. I ask you to get the book and read it. Go through the workbook. Also, beginning tomorrow with our version plans, we're going to start a five-day version challenge that she has. You see it on the screen. So you go to our Father's House, Facebook, Father's House website. Scroll down through there to the version. And you'll find Lisa's five-day plan for giving what you can't forgive. And for the next five days, we're just going to pour into that, into this process of healing. 
So I want to pray for you today. I know some of you are here and this really brought up some stuff today. Some of you are business owners and you've had people do you wrong. See, and you say, I, I can't believe they were my friend. I, I've had more people do me wrong that were pastors. Pastors that were actually in this house. So I know what you mean when you say, you know, I had a business partner that did me in. But I'm going to tell you, walk in forgiveness and watch God pay back. So if that's you today and you say, Terry, there's something I need to forgive or there's something I need to get in the process of forgiving. Would you just raise your hand and let me pray for you today? I'm not going to embarrass you. Just lift your hand. Thank you. 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 Father, I pray today for those that you sent to hear this teaching and those that are online. It's not an accident that they're here today, but they're here because you wanted them to hear this. You wanted them to be able to begin walking in forgiveness. And Lord, I pray that those that say they can't forgive, that you'd help them to maybe read this book or at least do this five-day you version with us. Help them to begin the process. And the others that are here that are ready to forgive today, ready to walk in peace, Lord, help them to forgive right now as you have forgiven us. As you keep praying today, there may be those of you that are here or online that you recognize you've done a lot of things that are wrong in your life. And if I sit down with you and ask you, how are you doing spiritually? You would probably say to me, well, I'm really not sure. I'm trying to do good. I hope I've done enough good to pay for all the bad that I've done. But you see, the problem is we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God because God's standard is perfection. God understood that. And so God sent his perfect son, Jesus, sinless son of God, the lamb of God who paid for my sins and your sins. And he took all the wrongs that we've done through sin upon his body on the cross to pay for my sins. And on the third day, he rose again. He rose again to defeat sin, death, hell, and the grave. Why? So the scripture says, so that anyone, and this includes you, doesn't matter how bad you are, how much you've done, how far away from God you are, that when you call on the name of the Lord, the name that is above every name, the name of Jesus, your sins will be forgiven. If that's you today, and you say, Terry, I, man, I need that today. I need my sins forgiven. I need the Lord to forgive me. I want to start fresh today. Or maybe you need to rededicate your life to him today, and you say, yeah, that's me. Would you just raise your, raise your hand and make eye contact with me and say, that's me. Pray for me today. Thank you. Others today, that's me. Thank you. Others today, thank you. Thank you. That's me today. I'm believing those of you are online. Just raise your hand and say, that's me. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, God. Would you pray this prayer with me? And those of you that are watching online, would you pray this prayer with me? Father God, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for my sins. I need your forgiveness, and I repent. I am a sinner, 
in need of a Savior. I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that Jesus is Lord. As best as I know how, I want to serve you all the days of my life. Fill me with your spirit. In the name of Jesus, I pray. It's our honor to play a small part in all that God is doing in your life. We would love to continue with you on that journey. To find out what your next steps might be, visit thefathershouse.com next. Join us next week as we continue to love God, help people, and build the kingdom.